Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. Thank you. Well, if I hadn't prepared a message this week, I would have said we could just go home. That was great worship. Great worship. Appreciate that. Well, would you agree we live in a world that's uh, a little bit distracting? You know, it pulls us in every uh, kind of direction, mostly pulls us away from, from the Lord and uh, what He wants for our lives. So uh, we have so many options, so many choices. Today, I just want us to, uh, to, to, to zero in on Jesus. So this, is, uh, this message is, is called Consider Jesus. Uh, the word consider in, in the scripture is not probably the, the way the word you may think. So sometimes we think, I'm, I'm considering whether I'm going to have Mexican or Chinese. You know, that's, that's not what this is. The word consider in the scripture is a word skopos in the Greek. And that word, that word means to literally scope in. You know, that's where we get the word. Microscope, telescope. It means that we're, we're continually focusing more in on Jesus. So we take away all the distractions. You zero in more and more and more. It filters out everything that is not good. So we're going to look at several different places where this word, this consider Jesus is. And the reason we're going to do it is because we do live in a, in a, in a world that's distracting, that... Uh, I think that just wears us out. And the church, for me, has always been a place, it's a spiritual filling station. It's a place where I'm, I'm continuing. I want to come here and I want to leave. I want to, be, you know, I want to be filled because I've been out in the world all week. I've been working. I've been you know, fighting traffic. And, uh, and I want to come here and I want to get a word from the Lord. So let me just open with a quick prayer here. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity we can serve you. And we thank you so much that, uh, that uh, you're so worthy. And, and we want to just give you the glory and, and pray, Lord God, that uh, today we would, just, we would just focus on you. For anyone who is weary, who's worn out, Lord God, we pray that you would just renew. In Jesus' name, amen. So the scripture today is from Hebrews 12. There's a lot of, of scriptures. So I think I may have overprepared, but we'll see how it goes today. And and uh, see how much time I actually have. But this is Hebrews 12. It's pretty familiar to many of you since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, let us throw off everything that hinders us and let's run the race that's set before us. Let's throw us out all sin that entangles us and run with perseverance, uh, the scripture tells us. And then it goes on to tell us about Jesus. It, it tells us that Jesus went to the cross, that he suffered, that he died for us. And the word then says, consider him. Consider Jesus. Okay. Consider him. And here's why. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we, we focus in. It's one thing. It's an amazing thing that Jesus, that Jesus takes the cross for us that he becomes sin for us, that he loves us deeply. 
but it even says to us that even now as we sit here today, part of that suffering on the cross was a demonstration, example for us, so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. Salvation is such a great thing for us through Jesus, but today, as we focus more on him, as we get rid of the distractions, you know, each one of us, we can not grow weary and lose heart. So I wanted to talk about that for a minute. So I want to consider his heart today. We want to consider his heart. And that's what we just read here. I'm taking my glasses off to read. You know, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we consider the heart of Jesus. The scripture tells us, John 10, 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for you. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down willingly. Jesus laid down his life for us willingly. That's his heart. He loves us. He knows us. He goes on to tell us several stories that sort of, that, that will tell us what that means. And, and we just finished Easter. So now we're, we're heading, you know, we were past the resurrection and now Jesus in his life, you know, the, the disciples are waiting for him, wondering where, what, when. And I love the story in John 20. It's a story about, about Thomas, who's called Doubting Thomas, if you didn't know that or not. But Thomas, Jesus appears to the disciples, and the disciples all, you know, again, Thomas, for some reason, isn't there. So Thomas shows up the second time. I mean, he says, I'm not going to believe unless I get to put my, my hands in, his, in the nail prints, in his hands. And, I, and I'm not going to believe until I really you know, be able to put it in his side. And I, the amazing part of this story to me is that Jesus, again, shows up and immediately goes to Thomas. He understands Thomas is struggling. He understands Thomas you know, is a little bit worn out. He's a little bit weary. He's losing heart here. And he makes it this an individual meeting. And that's what we have to remember. That Jesus, he appears to us. You know, we have a relationship with him. But anytime we're going through difficulties, you know, Jesus comes and shares with us. And he, he tells Thomas to go ahead, put your hands in, make sure you know here. And he said, you know, get rid of the unbelief and let's move forward. And he does the same for Peter a few days later who has denied him. And maybe, again, that's something that's happened in your life where you feel like you're away from the Lord. He couldn't possibly take you back. But the scripture tells us, again, that uh, he appears to him and he restores Peter. He's a one-on-one. -on -one. It tells us he, he appeared to, you know, 500 people. He appeared to all kinds. But he appeared to individuals. That's his heart. He loves you individually. He loves all of us but it's about his heart. It's about zeroing in and understanding that Jesus loves us. Now, it's rare that you prepare a message. For me, anyway, it's rare that I prepare a message. And on the same week, I, I get an example of someone who's actually doing exactly what I'm talking about. You know, this zeroing in on Jesus, getting rid of the distractions. But I want to share this story. And we have a young man... He's at, our, he's at our seminary. He's working on his, his doctor of ministry at Gateway. He's from Ukraine. So he's living in Ukraine. He's a Ukrainian pastor. The name of his church is Resurrection Church. And he's in Kiev. 
And he is amazing. And so on Friday, I got his prayer requests. And, and on it, it says, we, we want to plant a new church. <laughs> we, we want to, uh, we, we're looking for a bigger place for our church. He has all of these, these prayer requests, which are amazing, because when I read them, I, I, I mean, I was taken back. And I, the first thing I thought was, what? You're, you're in a war. You, you know, literally, he's, he's praying because the bombs are going off around him, and it's scaring his kids. And, and yet he's, he's so focused. He, Scopas, he, he's got Jesus locked in. That he's walking with Jesus. He's running the race that the Lord has set before him. It, the war, it, is he, yes, he wants to be done. That's one of his prayer requests. But he's, he's a guy who who's sees this, who runs the race. He's continually doing what the Lord's calling him to do. And I just thought, what, what an amazing uh, story that we have this young guy. Uh, he's got 15 guys that he's training, you know, that they're going to send out. And again, in between the bombs, he's locked into Jesus. And that's what the scripture is telling us today. We, we zero in. We consider Jesus. We consider his heart. You know, we consider what, what Jesus has for each one of us. Second, we consider his attitude, the Jesus attitude. And this is the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 5 through 11, that again, in, in our relationships, we should have the same mindset. It says, have the same mindset, same attitude as Jesus Christ. And then he goes on, and this is a lengthy uh, scripture, but I want to read this to you. It, you know, he says, uh, in your relations with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now stop there. This is an amazing part of Jesus his heart, his love for us. And then we read that he wants us to consider we should have the same attitude that he has. And that attitude is an attitude of humility. Each one of us, as we live our lives, we, we have to realize Jesus left heaven for you and I. He left heaven's glory, it says. He, he gave up. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't think that being God. He didn't just grab onto it and say, I'm not giving this up. I'm not going to become a man. I'm not going to go to the cross. I'm not going to die for you. But he humbled himself. This scripture verse is called the kenosis, you know, and it's, a, it's sort of maybe a New Testament song even, but it just means he emptied himself. So Jesus emptied himself so that we, we could see that humility. We see his heart. We see his attitude, which is that attitude of humility. And as we do that, we, we are called to, to see ourselves again. We're, we're to see ourselves and we're to see others. That's what humility does for us. It helps us see that others are in need, that there's other people who have different needs that we have. And so number three is that we, we consider ourselves. We consider his heart. We consider his attitude. And by doing that, I start to see myself and I realize I don't have it made. 
you know, I, I don't have anything made right now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. You know, I haven't arrived. You know, I'm, I'm a person who's, I've been a Christian for 49 and a half years. That's a long time, I think. It's, it's older than most of you who are here. And, uh, you know, so I've been in ministry virtually all that time. 49 and a half years is, is one of those things where I just think, shouldn't I know everything? You know, shouldn't I? Shouldn't I be so much further along with Jesus? You know, and yet the scripture says, the apostle Paul, again, number three, who was also, you know, um, probably the greatest missionary of all time, says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider, there's that word again, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straight toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. So as I begin to look at myself, I begin to see that, again, I haven't arrived. And if I can see that I haven't arrived, I begin to have more patience with everyone else. Because everyone else is still running the race. No one has arrived yet. We're, we're all seeking Christ. We're all growing in Christ. We're all becoming more like Jesus. And that's what the scripture means here. It, 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 it changes us to where we begin this process where we move from considering Jesus. We're always going to keep that race going. I'm always going to keep Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then I'm going to add people to this. So what we end up with is we, we, we consider others. We begin to, we consider ourselves, and then I begin to consider everyone else. That means I begin to focus. I begin to zero in on everyone else. So what we have is we have a vertical relationship with, with God, and we have a horizontal relationship with each other. So we have the cross. That's what the cross is about, vertical horizontal. That's what the church is about. It's about all of us running our own race that he has set before us. And it's about all of us helping each other run that race. It's about me making sure that I don't grow weary and lose heart. It's about, it's about helping others so that they don't grow weary and they don't lose heart. That's what we're supposed to be about here. So we consider Jesus, we consider his heart and his attitude, the emptying himself for us. We consider ourselves really in need of him every second of every day that we're still growing, we're still running that race. And then, as it says here, we consider others to come along here. So what I wanted to, to share here, there's a lot of things this, for this. And it, what it, it means is we, as we look at, you know, humbling ourselves, the scripture tells us here, that, uh, let me make sure I read this again. The scripture tells us, uh, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Here's the word again. Rather... In humility, consider others above yourselves. Wow. Consider others above yourselves. 
not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So how do we do that? So how do we consider others better than ourselves? Well, he gives us that, that definition right after. He says, don't just consider yourself, but consider the interests of others. And he gives us several things that we need to do as we have this horizontal relationship with each other. And he says, is there any encouragement? If there's encouragement, is there comfort? And we comfort one another. You know, is there something we need to be praying with each other about? That's that relationship that we have with each other. He goes on to tell us several things, but he says, if you have this attitude, this mindset, this that we consider others better than ourselves, well, that's hard to do. That's hard to do unless, you know, we humble ourselves as Jesus did and we begin to focus on each other and we begin to, to build out the church, build out the church, vertical, horizontal. Hebrews tells us five things that we can do. He gives us very, very practical. Here's five things you can do uh, if you want to actually live out this, this relationship. He says, first of all, all of us, he says, draw near to God. Draw near to God. We, we need to help each other to draw near to God. That's part of why we come on Sunday morning. We come to worship with each other. We draw near to God. Second of all, he says, let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we possess. So we all have this hope in Christ. He says, hold on to that with just with your everything you can. Hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. Now, hope is a good acrostic. Um, I don't know if you know what an acrostic is, but an acrostic is just simply taking H-O-P-E and making some words out of it, making it make better sense. So you could make all kinds of acrostics out of hope. Now, the one I've always heard is holding on, praying expectantly. Holding on, praying expectantly. So that's what hope, and that's really what he says. It's really the definition that's in Hebrews. He says, hold on unswervingly. Like, don't let go of hope. Don't ever let go of hope. And, and as we think of others, then we want, we want to instill that in, in others, that we have this hope. Hebrews 6.19 says, we have this hope. It's an anchor for the soul. It's an anchor for each one of us, hope is. And that anchor isn't here. It's not, it's not down here. It's not, it's not with me. That anchor is, is wrapped around Jesus. That, that anchor is in heaven. So we, we have this hope. We hope, and it's unswervingly for each one of us, we apply this hope to our lives. Third thing he says is you spur one another on. I like that one. He says, consider how you can spur one another on. Well, sometimes words are different in the, in the Greek, but spur, I believe, I know what that means. Do you know what spur means? Do you know what a spur is? I, I, I'm, a cow, I'm a cowboy kid. I know I don't look like it, but I grew up in Montana on a ranch, and I know when, when I rode horses occasionally, you know, we moved cattle, and I remember occasionally you got you to gotta spur the horse. You know, you got to give them a little, you got to give them a little shot. <laughs> it's not animal cruelty. <laughs> and you got to get them moving. And he says, for us, we, we got to 
we got to spur one another on. We got to consider how though. And so here's where I think we, we run into problems in the church. We just don't take enough time. This is like, this whole thing is about time with Jesus. You know, that's that focus that we have. And it's about spending enough time with each other where we get to know each other. That's what small groups are for. We, we, we want to get to know people so we can serve and we can instill hope and we can spur them on to good deeds. I mean, we have to get to know each other well enough for that. I, I, can't, I can't help you if I don't know you. And so that's where we, 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 we're so in a hurry, you know, in the world we live in. So we, we have to, again, think through, again, the scope is part of that. We got to actually sit down. We got to sit down and take time and sit down and pray and think, how can I spur on? How can I encourage this hope? How can I help others draw near to God? That's, that's part of what we're about when we think about considering others. And, and then the fourth thing, uh, that he says here is uh, a good one for us after COVID and everything else. He says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. These, these are exhortations. I mean, they're, they're encouragements, but they're, they're a little bit bigger than that. They're, they're a little pushy. And he says, come on. He goes, it's, it's time for us to get back to meeting together. And I, I, I'd want to say people who are online, we're glad you're online with us, but we need you here. You know, we, we'd like to have you here. Put away the PJs. You know, I know what it was like. You know, hey, you get up in the morning, you have my heart-healthy Cheerios, and, you know, and I can watch the service. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I don't have to get ready. I don't have to do anything. I don't, you know, so my spur today is, for, is, is to get everybody back here. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a little push to say, it's time. It's time to come back and, be, again, if we don't know you, we can't help you. If, if, if I can't sit down and, you know, and hear your heart, I don't, know what you're, you know, I don't know what to do. I mean, I can pray some vague prayer, but I can't really minister to you. And finally, he just gives us a general overall one. Number five is, he says, encourage one another. So we, we want to encourage one another. And an encouragement is worth so much more than I think we really understand. Encouragement is just so important. And I, I know, again, 49 years as a, as a Christian, but I, I can count on my maybe two or three fingers here how many people who have been really encouragers, I hate to say that, in my life. I mean, I've, I've been in ministry a long time. And I can think, when I think of, when someone says encouragement, I think of one person. And I'm, I may cry when I'm going to share this story. But if I don't, if I do, you know, just, that's okay. Um, I'll take a deep breath. Um, when I was 21, man, that was a long time ago. Uh, I started a church. <laughs> 21, nuts. I was nuts to start a church at 21. So my home church in Montana is a small church, and they are a very encouraging church. And when I think of a church, that church really is the most encouraging church I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of a lot of churches. Lakeview Baptist Church in Baker, Montana. Little church, very small little church. And they, they loved me. I was saved and baptized there. They 
saw something in me that I never saw. They said, we think you're supposed to be in ministry. They called me out. They called out the called, as we say. And, and they sent me to college. And they said, you should go to seminary. And I did. And all of these, you know, they, they were such an encouraging church for me. And that's always my, that's my number one church. That's the church that I think it's the greatest church in the world. You know, and I served at, uh, I served for a number of years at uh, a mega church in California, and it doesn't hold a candle to Lakeview. So they sent me to plant this church. And I went to a little town in Montana, Jordan, Montana, which is a farm town, like kind of where I grew up. And Jordan is 99.9% Irish Catholic. And when I say Irish Catholic, I mean they came from Ireland. And they uh, said, you should you know, start this church here. So uh, I thought, I'm 21. I know everything. You know, uh, why wouldn't people want to come hear me? You know, and so we, we got this little church going. We, we started, and we were in this little place called the Gospel Shack. That's what we rented, a place called the Gospel Shack. So I'm not sure about the gospel part, but the shack was correct. <laughs> so the first week, you know, I was geared up and I'm getting ready to go here and I show up and there's one person shows up. One person shows up. It's Jeanette Thomas. She's 77 years old. So, man. So um, I say to Jeanette, well, Jeanette, we, we don't have to have a service. I mean, you know, we can sit in a couple chairs and we can, I can pray for you and, you know, what's the point? Oh, no. Oh, no, she's there for worship. She's there for the service. So anyway, make a long story even longer. <laughs> she, she's like, she, so second week, I'm geared up. I'm thinking, we're going to grow. We're going me and Jeanette. Third week. Me and Jeanette. There she is, right here. She's right where you. So she's sitting right in front. Smiles the whole time. And I'm getting a little discouraged. I'm, I'm getting weary. I'm losing heart. I'm thinking, what were we thinking? What were we thinking starting a church here? And it was just interesting, and she really wasn't one of those people who was rah-rah. She wasn't like, hey, you're, you're fantastic, you know. She's just sometimes, sometimes encouragement is, uh, is showing up, yes. It is the ministry of presence, we call it. And as long as Jeanette, uh, as she called me, that was encouragement. In other words, she'd say, would you come pick me up? So I knew I was going to have one person. <laughs> Because frankly, Jeanette, she couldn't drive. So I was like, oh, okay. So, but she, she would just, you know, and so afterwards, you know, we'd maybe have lunch. I, she kind of became my spiritual grandmother. Um, so, you know, I, I spent a year at the church. I told my church, I gotta, I, I'm going to go to seminary at the end of the year, that next year, which I did. And, uh, and then I said, we'll get a pastor in here. We'll get a pastor in here if we need one, uh, you know, after a year. So at the end of the year, we had about 60. Yeah. 
we had this God thing happen uh, where they just, people just started showing up. And they were, it just it was amazing. You know, I had someone who came and led worship who was fantastic. You know, this little farm town, she was, she was the music teacher at school. She just said, she just showed up one day and said, you need someone to play piano? And I go, uh, yeah, I'm tired of playing my three uh, chords that I learned on the guitar. You know, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. That's an old song. So it was just Jeanette. And she was, she just encouraged me like all the time. So I don't know, 12 years went by. I had finished seminary. I was out here in California. I was at a, a fast growing church. And and I got a letter. It was a sad letter, and then it was she was she had passed away. And they were telling me that. So but she was, you know, she was 90 at the time, I think, 89. So anyway, she uh, uh, had put a note in, man, this is good. She put a note in there. And she said, how much I encouraged her. And I just thought, this is crazy. She she, you know, she spent all that time encouraging me. And then she said, I, I just wanted you to know this, that you were encouraging to me. So for me, it's not overrated. The encouragement is underrated. So we, we all need it. So we have this horizontal relationship with each other. Uh, we take the time to get to know each other. We, we serve each other. You know, we do what we need to do. And, and then the Apostle Paul, again, tells us, <clears throat> you, you consider, you know, you look at Jesus, you're always working on that relationship with him. And then you look at each other, you know, you consider each other. And then at the end, he says, when you look at all of it, Paul looks back. He's, he's kind of looking at everything, all of it at once. He says, good things, bad things, things that, you know, maybe they're, they're not necessarily wrong. He just says, I count it all loss. He says, Philippians tells us, consider it all loss. He says, all of these other things that are going on, consider it all loss. What does he mean? He's, he means in comparison. He goes on to say, in comparison to knowing Jesus. He said, you take Jesus, you take all the things that you've done, all the great things. You know, Paul was a scholar. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He lists all these things. Planted all these churches. You know, discipled all of these people. Led people to Christ all over. And, and he says... All of this, all of these things that we think are important, all of the distractions, all of these things that we, we don't filter out. He says, th those things, he said, I just, I count them. I consider them. I've looked at them. I've scoped in on them. I realize they don't mean anything in comparison to Jesus. In comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. So we consider 
it all loss. And today, maybe you're here, maybe you, you don't know Jesus, but, but this is why we're here. This church is about helping people know Jesus and helping people grow in Jesus. You know him, you grow in him. It's to help each other. It's to, to build the kingdom of God. So we consider this loss. But again, the point is we, we consider it compared to knowing Jesus Christ. So as we close today, I just want to offer you Jesus. You know, I want to offer you Jesus. He, he, he's waiting for you. That personal relationship. And, and if you're watching online, you're streaming, I, want, I just want to say, consider Jesus. You know, consider Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to just say a quick prayer. And if you've never come to Christ, you can pray this prayer with me today here in the room. And you can pray this prayer online. You can pray it at home. And that is just, Jesus, thank you that you died for me and that you shed your blood for me and that you love me. Please forgive me for my sin and come into my heart and be my Lord and my master and my savior. Just want to thank you so much for your suffering and come and, and make me your child. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of us who are in this room, just want to pray for all of us that we would, we just want to thank you, Jesus. We want to, we want to consider you. We want to ask you to remove the distractions. Help us to see you, to focus on you, to fix our eyes on you so that we don't grow weary and lose heart. Help us in our humility and help us to see others in need of you. Help us to encourage one another, spur one another on. Take the time to get to know you. Help us, Lord, today. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. I think the worship teams coming or maybe they aren't. <laughs> I think they're going to maybe do the offering. Is that correct? Or what do we got going here? <laughs> oh, you're taking away my thing. Okay. Is this on you guys? All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.